So many people wonder where the theme music from Sports Center came from. David St. Hubbins from Spinal Tap, you gotta tell me where this came from. Well, I don't really know. It's a mystery, you know. It just kind of sprang from my forehead. I was just sitting there watching Sports Center, and I went. You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. I'm Dallas Taylor. This is the story of sonic branding. The commercial you heard at the top of the show was from the classic This Is Sports Center advertising campaign by ESPN. The ending of Sports Center's iconic theme song became ubiquitous with the ESPN brand. Fans of the network were humming their new audio logo to themselves, so their marketing team knew they were onto something. Last year, advertising spending in the U.S. was estimated to be over $200 billion, not on product development or manufacturing or distribution, but on advertising alone. And while much of advertising includes commercials, signage, print, and digital ads, a key part of any marketing that utilizes sound is an audio logo. An audio logo, or a sonic brand if you will, is a short distinctive melody or other sequence of sound. It's usually positioned at the beginning or end of a commercial. It can be considered as the acoustic equivalent of a visual logo. Almost every time you listen to a TV or radio commercial for a big brand, there's an audio logo to punctuate the message. According to the Harvard Business Review, sound can play an important role in positively differentiating a product or service. It can also enhance recall, create preference, build trust, and even increase sales. An audio logo is the audio identity of a brand in the way that you have you know, the golden arches or uh, you know, any visual logo. And that audio logo can be something that is present across a whole bunch of different advertising mediums. It can be at the, you know, a tag at the end of every ad. It can be the focal point of an ad. But ultimately, it should be present every time your brand is being heard. That's Scott Simonelli, the founder and CEO of Veritonic, a marketing intelligence platform for sound. They measure audio effectiveness in advertising. I think the nationwide example is very top of mind. Nationwide is on your side. It just works so well, and now it's, it's at the core of their campaigns. You have a side that's safer. You see them using it and thinking about ways to base a campaign around the audio logo. Tomorrow you can get the way you want to be. That's why Nationwide is on your side. The way we're wired and the way our bodies are built, you know, sound is is a very big part of the equation and it's, it's very innate. You internalize sound really quickly and we're very sensitive to what we hear because just evolutionary, usually hear something coming when trouble's about to happen. <laughs> and it's also, you know, you're hearing for a whole bunch of months before you're born, you know, all you do is hear. But it's definitely something that's, that's a big part of it. And I think, you know, in children, you sort of see that. I think, you know, children are always a good uh, litmus test of, of what's innate because uh, they're, they're much more unfiltered than, than adults. Sound is also very different from sight. Audio logos and video logos are interpreted by the brain in two totally different ways. 
Yet, they can both be representations of the same brand. Advertisers work extremely hard creating them to try to evoke those same feelings in consumers. The big benefit of an audio logo versus a visual logo is that it stays with you after you've experienced it. With a visual logo, you might remember what it looks like, but not in the way that you would remember an audio logo. And certainly nobody's humming or singing a visual logo. As soon as you hear that three-note or four-note sequence, you know exactly where you've heard it before. That longevity, that memorability, and that recall is so powerful. Memorability in audio logos is key. And it's not always because the product is so amazing. Sometimes the audio logo is something we might call an earworm. Something that just gets stuck in your head and you can't get it out. Men in Aftershave had a great example of this in the 80s. By Menon. It was so popular that it became the basis of a storyline in an episode of Seinfeld. Here, George Costanza tries to make himself more memorable to a woman that he's dating. I'm like a commercial jingle. First it's a little irritating, then you hear it a few times, you're humming it in the shower. By the third date, it's by Menon. <laughs> All right, George. First time we went out, I found you very irritating. After seeing you a couple of times, you sort of got stuck in my head. Costanza. But setting out to make an audio logo memorable is not easy. It takes skill, creativity, research, and sometimes luck. For a composer or for a firm trying to create an audio logo, it is ridiculously hard to try to figure out how to tell a story in three seconds or with five notes. And there's, you know, there's only so many frequencies of sound out there and there's only 12 notes in, in Western music. So to try to figure that out you know, and find the, a way to make it work is hard. When a marketing department or advertising agency is given the task to create an audio logo, what happens? How do they do it? Typically, they go to experts in the field. They're a hybrid of audio engineer, sound designer, and composer. But the process in which they learn about the brand and what the client wants to say can vary. Too much freedom is not really the best choice. And um, if you don't have any freedom, then it doesn't work out that well. That's Walter Werzoa, founder of Musikvergnügen, a company which specializes in audio branding. Just coming from Austria, speaking German, I only came up with a German name, Musikvergnügen, which translates into the enjoyment of music. Walter was on the shortlist to create the new audio logo for Delta Airlines. But Delta's agency wanted five companies to compete to come up with the best idea. It suddenly turned into a cattle call. Delta needed an audio branding, and their agency called out, and we were one of them. And I mentioned to them, I think probably all the companies would do an amazing job, but um, it does not help a big global corporation to call five different companies to come up with audio ideas. I can tell you from experience, listening to 150 two-second audio logos can be totally mind-numbing. There's no way to have a clear head. So I suggested it, just decide on one company. I didn't hear back from them for three or four months. 
and then they called again and said they apologized and they would like to work with us. While some projects are started with an email, a couple of phone calls, and maybe a proposal, Walter prefers a more personal connection. So he asked Delta for a face-to-face meeting at their headquarters. So we're sitting in that board room and they talked about the headaches going through bankruptcy and the sound is awful up there. If you're on a plane, it's not the best experience. How can we brand that? It was very inspiring. I came up with the idea right there and let's just put an orchestra on a plane and tune the orchestra to the sound of the airplane, of that noise, and make something beautiful with it. They totally loved the idea, and um, that was it. So the creative process was extremely short, in a sense. It was one hour of that board meeting. But what happens when you don't have that creative epiphany and you go back to the office to try to figure it out? Almost any artist in any medium needs to put themselves into the creative mindset. The creative mind works differently on each project. The most important part is to really understand the client and the client needs, because that is the story. It's not so much my creativity, it is my understanding of a problem. Some composers in my team don't like when I say this, but um, I don't think writing a mnemonic is composing. Writing a mnemonic is inventing audio which works for a very specific task. In 1994, Walter created what has become arguably the most recognizable audio logo in existence. It's said to be broadcast somewhere in the world every five minutes. We'll get to that story in a moment. Indeed finds highly qualified candidates for any job as quickly as possible. That means when you've got a major deadline and need to hire right now, Indeed lets you relax. So how does it work? First, Indeed has 350 million regular visitors each month. In other words, you have a huge group of talented people to choose from. Then, Indeed's AI-powered matching technology helps you pick out the right person for you. It's like searching for a needle in a huge haystack. But with a giant Indeed-shaped magnet. And in an Indeed survey, 93% of those businesses said Indeed delivered the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Our listeners can get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com Hertz. Just go to Indeed.com slash Hertz right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash H-E-R-T-Z. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In 1994, Walter Werzoa was contacted by Intel and asked to come up with a three-second audio logo that would be used at the end of every commercial. This wasn't a common thing at the time. In 1994, there just weren't very many products or services other than TV and radio stations that were branding themselves with a mnemonic. The way Intel was created was 
quite a journey. It started at RGALA where Kyle Cooper, he was junior creative, called me and said he has a very interesting project for me. And he was laughing on the phone and asked why I was laughing. And he said, oh, you will see. So when we met, those were the days where everything was personal. I'd drive my car into the office and um, he would show me a board and the board was six pictures of that Intel spiral video. And he said, um, if I wanted the music to it, it's Intel, it's this great technology company. And um, then he told me it's three seconds. I was laughing, saying, like, you're joking. Obviously, this was a new task for Walter. Most of the music he had composed was at least 10 seconds long. So how could he tell a whole musical story in just three seconds? I realized this is a very strange task. And you can barely say a meaningful sentence in three seconds. At first I thought it's easy. I tried a couple of things and everything felt incomplete or naive or absolutely out of place. Then I opened up books to get inspired, like our scores and went to the Mozarts and Beatles and whatever there was available. And it never felt good. And because it came too much from a musical standpoint and not from what is needed. And um, writing a mnemonic is not like writing a symphony. I have done that and it's a totally different center in your brain and in emotion and your heart than doing audio branding. Then Walter had an epiphany. He thought, if this was a song, the tagline would be Intel Inside. It would have four accents or four notes to mimic that phrase. Now, Walter was getting somewhere. And since I heard about Intel, they're engineers and it's super precise. And in a sense, there's some coldness behind that and precision. Four straight eight notes would resemble that best. It's like very pum, 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 pum for the rhythm. And that felt good and mathematical. Then I went to the next step. What could be the melody? And since they ask for something which doesn't have any cultural connotation, it has to sound and feel the same in an Arabic place than in somewhere in Asia or in Europe or in Africa. I thought there are those two intervals which are very powerful but open and don't have any zooming into just one culture. It's the fourth and the fifth. He also added a single note at the beginning. Walter called it a palate cleanser. It's a sound that helps get your ears ready for the rest of the logo. So basically I constructed it. It's not even composing. I was thinking what works best. And that became my methodology. And um, I explained that to Intel. Everybody said, well, yeah, that concept works. So how does it sound? And then Walter played his new audio logo for the Intel executives. And it was a huge hit. We all have some kind of synesthesia going on when we hear sounds and we associate colors with it. So that sound seems to be blue and has a little of electricity in there, power in there, and it's positive and inviting. There's some wooden 
organic instruments in there which help to connect to the human, basically being in charge of the power and technology. And so it, so it really tells a nice story. For some artists, when they're working on a painting, a sculpture, a novel, or a song, sometimes they have that eureka moment where they realize their work is complete. I had a couple of other versions in my sleeve if that wouldn't work, but it was clear, this is it. If we present the client a great strong concept, then it's very clear this is the sound which will and can reflect your whole brand experience. Audio logos can communicate so much in a short amount of time. In a way, it's their simplicity that makes them effective. There's no time for your mind to wander. They create a vibe for the brand, but they can also bring back memories. I could play you 0.5 seconds of tainted love of that one synth sound and you recognize it or beat it. So many of those sounds, you just need a split second and you know the sound and it creates all the emotion of it. Music brings back memories of where and when you heard a song. Audio logos bring back memories too, but they bring back memories of a brand. This happens on a subconscious level. It's clever psychology used by advertisers. Our research is that if a mnemonic is longer than three seconds, it works differently because we shift from hearing to listening. And if it's three seconds, it really touches our subconscious more so than anything else. If you have now an 11 second mnemonic, that tells a different story. It is absolutely more conscious. People start interacting with it. They see more content, they hear more content. And that is definitely more music than a mnemonic. An audio logo can shape the perception of a product. Once you hear an audio logo a few times, your memory of that brand becomes deeper. And some brands even try to include familiar sounds in their audio logos so you think about their brand even when you're not hearing an ad. I always thought that Southwest, that fasten your seatbelt, clink. You are now free to move about the country. It's just so right on. It's just, that is just perfect. If you fly any other airline, you hear that Southwest tone, which is so wicked that they brand themselves on any other flight in the world, which is genius and probably drove some of the other airlines nuts. Walter has created audio logos for products like Intel, Delta, Samsung, LG, Nextel, and Red Bull. He's also created the audio logo for the TBS network. And writing an audio logo for a TV network is very different and comes with its own challenges. Working on networks is a different beast because it has much more variety. It could be a dynamic show before, something slower and more intimate. So we have to be even more respectful to the flexibility. In a sense, it's easier to write for a specific company where it's pretty clear where they're going. 
programming shift. There is different morning programming than lunch and evening and night programming. But as traditional television changed and streaming video came into play, the idea of a daytime versus primetime schedule goes away. Services like Hulu, Amazon Prime, and Netflix all have audio logos. If you would just see the animation by itself, it wouldn't be that powerful. In a couple of seconds, you tell the Netflix story and people recognize it and have all the association. And that makes Netflix even more special. When you compare audio logos to visual logos, there's a stark contrast. Nike has the iconic swoosh that you see on every shoe and every piece of apparel. The designer wants you to think and feel something, but you have to see that logo over and over. It takes repetition. It could also be easy to miss, like if you're skimming the pages of a magazine. But audio logos can reach you whether you're looking at them or not. And the best ones are catchy so you only have to hear them once. You can walk away humming them, and in a sense, you can take it with you. For every Nike swoosh, there's probably 10 audio logos that are way more powerful. I bet you, you know, a very small percentage of the population could tell you what the nationwide visual logo looks like, that it's blue and has an eagle on it, whereas everyone knows... Nationwide is on your side. Could you tell me what the State Farm logo looks like? You know, but you, I'm sure you know... When you have a whole orchestra at your fingertips and all these different sounds, it's a much richer experience than anything visual can do. In the film and television industry, a lot of money is spent on the visuals. From incredible locations and sets, to live-action chase and fight scenes, to the CGI movie magic. It's a common generalization that audio is an afterthought. Well, that may have been true in the past, but people are consuming entertainment in new ways. And sound is becoming more important than ever. When you look at the actual response, whether it's film or TV or the ad, you know, the audio has a much more of an impact on the emotion than I think budgets uh, dictate. And I think we're seeing that pendulum swing a little bit now because a lot less people are have their eyes on the screen. There's data now that says 40% of the time people when they're watching television are on a second screen or they're not looking at the TV, they're doing something else. So if you're running ads on television, how effective is the audio if 40% of the audience isn't looking? Audio logos aren't particularly new, but they've seen an explosion over the past two decades. Advertising styles and technology have advanced, and the science behind what makes sonic branding effective is more intricate than ever. It's amazing how five notes in three seconds can make you feel that a product is sleek, powerful, trustworthy, cutting edge, and unforgettable. Twenty Thousand Hertz is produced out of the studios of DeFacto Sound. To hear DeFacto's audio branding work, visit defactosound.com/work. This episode was written and produced by Kevin Eds and me, Dallas Taylor, with help from Sam Sneebly. It was sound designed and mixed by Nick Spradlin. 
Many thanks to Scott Simonelli, founder of Veritonic. If you'd like to learn more about how audio can impact your marketing campaign, check them out at veritonic.com. And sincere thanks to Walter Warzoa from Musikvergnügen. You can check out his work at musikvergnügen.com. We'll drop a link to both companies in our show description. The music in this episode is from our friends at Musicbed. Musicbed is a full-service music licensing company making better music accessible to everyone. To listen to the music we use, visit music.20k.org. You can find us at 20k.org. There, you can catch up on past episodes, read transcripts, or buy a t-shirt. If you're on Facebook or Twitter, be sure to follow us at the username 20korg. I love hearing from you, and I read all the comments. I know it's insane, but I love talking about sound. And lastly, I have one favor to ask. If you love this show and want to hear more and more episodes, I challenge you to get just one friend to subscribe to 20,000 Hertz. Seriously, that's all it'll take. One extra person. So contact your mom, your best friend from college, your fourth grade science teacher, or anyone you think will love the show. Text them, call them, write on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, or wherever. Thanks for listening. 